Rod and Rewind, a podcast where we dive down the suited chimney of cinema's ever-growing canon and decide to only give gifts or our attention to films that made the critics naughty list. If the movie falls below 60% on RottenTomatoes.com, it's free for us to discuss here on Rotten Rewind. I'm Max Rue. And I'm Courtney Peranto, and you're joining us in the middle of our Rotten Holiday series. This week, it's going to be a very white Christmas, and I'm not talking about snow because we'll be talking about two extremely Caucasian and saccharine holiday-themed films from the kind of recent past. We'll be discussing The Family Stone, directed by Thomas, anyone? Bazooka. Bazooka. <laughs> Bazooka. <laughs> I like to think his name is Thomas Bazooka. <laughs> Might as well be. But he um, spells al- it like nice. <laughs> Bazooka. <laughs> Alongside The Holiday, uh, Nancy Myers joined. I know our first Nancy Myers joint. Crazy. I, I feel Not like she'll be, last. she'll be back probably. Oh yeah. Tom's yeah. bazooka. I don't know if he'll be back, but no. I'm gonna say a hard pass on uh, that happening. And we're joined by a first time guest, but what is the what is the saying? First time guest. Long time listener. Yeah, there you go. But I think first... she's supposed to say it. You're not supposed to like no, no, make no, her no, no. stick. <laughs> <laughs> first time guest, long time listener. You're like big, big fan of ours. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. Our biggest fan. Um, <laughs> very talented writer, Casey Felton Louie. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. That's right. You got to say it now. First time, first time guest, long time <laughs> listener. You don't get to do that either. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know what you're getting at. <laughs> you're a long time listener. And you're here because you watch The Family Stone every year. I watch it every year. My For whatever reason, I don't know when it started, but my family, like half of my family, my dad, my stepmom, my siblings, for whatever reason, attached to The Family Stone and we watch it every year for some reason. So then I have a few questions yes. regarding this. One, does that mean that you're going to watch it again very soon? No, I think this year because of, you know, pandemic and stuff, okay. we're not really getting together. You're and do a live I... Zoom. Okay, that's what I was no. wondering. If you're going to live Zoom watch it and if we somehow made you watch it twice in a year. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't think, I think I had my fill. This is actually the first time I watched it with any sort of critical eye at all right? i yeah. realized that i i have watched this movie so many times that it is it has become just something that i experience and i have very little thought about it so when i watched mm-hmm. it with max for this podcast i was <laughs> kind of blown away by <laughs> what i had been putting in my head for like at least a decade <laughs> um it was and, a very different experience yes is how many siblings do you have I have two siblings and I think that the part of the appeal for us is the 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 big family is like such right. a, an attractive feature of this movie it's like very idyllic this I have upper siblings. middle class white <laughs> yeah white huge family that you know gets together and does Christmas every year and gay and he's married to a black we'll man. get into it we'll get into it yeah those are my top two questions because i knew while i was watching it that you watch it every year with your family and yeah and i am pretty obviously i think an only child and so like my family consists of my mom and i when i'm at her house and then my dad and i when i'm at his house and that's it don't so, like, about even topper. yeah and topper toppers are rachel mcadams of the family <laughs> <laughs> she's the hottest and the meanest um <laughs> But like, I think that movies like this, like I, I'm not even like averse to them. I just like, don't think they're for me because I don't understand family dynamics and the way that like, sometimes it freaks me out, but I do like a, like a rom-com and like things that are in this genre. So, so weirdly I had not seen 
this movie at all. I actually had never seen either of them. So you hadn't seen The Holiday? No, like I said in a, I think a previous recording that I always resented it because it has a similar name to my real uh, favorite yeah, movie, yeah. Holiday, starring Katherine Hepburn and Cary Grant. And there's even a couple similar. No, no, not really. But it's a it's a rom com, and so I it resented seem it like because too I, similar, yeah. No, because I would be like, my favorite movie is Holiday, and then they'd be people would be like, oh, the Cameron Diaz movie, and I'm like, no. So, <laughs> no, why would that be my movie? <laughs> Such a dark. You never movie. know. Like you never, never, never know. Like people are weird. People so, really I, love this I mean, movie the, too. It's a big favorite. They love both of them, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like I, because usually when we do this podcast, I like talk to my friends about what we are watching this week, and they're like moderately to disinterested. <laughs> <laughs> just like next week we're watching silent night bloody night or whatever and they're like uh, they just glaze over but this week a couple of my girlfriends were like oh i love those movies and i was like oh oh yeah all right well okay let's should we start with the family stone there's nothing harder than joining a family he intends to give that girl my mother's wedding ring especially one like the stones she's got this throat clearing tick it's like she's digging for clams Ready? <clears throat> they have a funny way of making you feel at home. Hello. You have a lovely home. All the better to entertain you, my dear. Don't dilly-dally there, pretty lady. We're all going to be down here talking about you. She is completely uptight. I am not sleeping with you in your bed in your parents' We're house. Separate bedrooms. It's so silly. Are Everett and Meredith going to get married? Four words. Second, second, second word. Beekeeper. Ring. Bride. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. This holiday season. He's going to ask me for that ring. Mom, enough about the ring. From the producer of Sideways. You have a freak flag. You just don't fly it. Uh-oh. We will try to behave like a civilized family. Whether you like me or not. Oh, of course you do. The Family Stone. I have to stretch, I feel like, before doing the synopsis. Because it's <laughs> so a, it's long. It's a three-page synopsis now. Oh, there's a lot <laughs> going on. I, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of characters. And I just didn't want to leave any big thing out. But I feel like you guys will probably, please, feel free to swoop in. Yeah. Especially you, Casey. It seems like you're an old hat you're at certified. this movie. I'm an expert. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> again, like I said before, as an only child, the character count in this movie was like truly hard for me to wrap my self-centered head around, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> it really, truly was. I was like, how are there so many more kids? There's only supposed to be one because you're perfect and they didn't have to have another one. <laughs> okay, so. Well, Dermot Mulroney was their first kid, so they were like, well, we should keep trying. Okay, never mind. Is he the oldest? <laughs> Yeah, I think so because I think that must be why he has dibs on the rings. We can the right. ring. Uh, we it's can get him into or that, the but. pregnant wife that no one cares about. Yeah, yeah truly, one of them. So. <laughs> oh yeah, she's here, isn't she? <laughs> she's okay. still in haunting at Hill House. Like that's like the other like this movie turns into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, 
in a true, true, truly ensemble piece, the family phone, oh, sorry, the family stone. The family phone. (laughs) The family phone. (laughs) The family stone follows the Christmas homecoming of the Stone Clan, a Connecticut family whose matriarch, Sybil, is played by Diane Keaton. And the Stone's tender patriarch, Kelly, is played by Craig T. Nelson, who most will recognize as a dad in Poltergeist, but who my dad knows from the titular character in ABC's Coach. He's also Mr. Incredible. Oh, okay. Coach was a big, big show in my house in the 90s, so... I was like, oh, let's go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Back in the day, though, <laughs> before the movie starts, Sybil and Kelly must, must have hit it raw all the time because the pair pumped out five fucking kids. Everett, the eldest son, the eldest son played by, like we mentioned, Dermot Maroney. Ben, the stoner brother, played by Luke Wilson. Susanna, the settled down and sweet sister that nobody cares about, played by Elizabeth Reeser. The youngest and hearing impaired son. And finally, the firecracker baby daughter, Amy, played by Rachel McAdams. That's wow. that's the Stones. <laughs> As the family arrives at their parents' wasp compound, they await the latest interloper of the growing clan. Everett's new girlfriend, Meredith, an uptight New York City workaholic, played by Sarah Jessica Barker. Because final, no one likes Meredith. boss wasp. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, 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 truly. I made you um, proud. <laughs> no one in the family likes her. They gossip about her. She feels so put upon that she decides to call her sister, Julie, played by Claire Danes, to meet her at the Stone House for moral support. But instead of helping endear the Stones to Meredith, Julie's presence solidifies their hatred for Everett's girlfriend. And he even he starts to question if he's pursuing the right sister. I think kind of... <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the nicest way I can put it. Um, there's a subplot where Everett and Sybil squabble over an antique wedding ring. Another where Meredith and Ben flirt while getting so drunk they'd both blow a 1.5 and a blood alcohol test. And yet another where it's revealed that Sybil's breast cancer has come back. And this might be her final Christmas on Earth. I should also probably mention somewhere that Thad is gay and married to a black man named Patrick. And the two are seeking to adopt a child of any color because they, they don't see it. But trying to, fl- <laughs> trying to find a place to slide it into the scenario feels even more shoehorned than it does while I was watching the movie. In any case, that's what the family stone meant to me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm doing a book report (laughs) in the third grade. (laughs) What's the uh, what's the score on the family stone? We're just so lucky that we're able to even say its name here on Rod Rewind because it is a 53%. So one of the highest rated movies we will ever get to cover. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. God damn it. Or it's still being like a rotten movie that I think is truly bonkers. It did. It was like at once nuts and also felt the most like a movie that we would never get to cover. There's something generic about it, but something that is off about it the entire time. Like like if you ever try to buy like an off-brand like Cheez-Its, like an Annie's Cheez-It, and you're like, these are actually cardboard. They're not Cheez-Its. <laughs> You know, it was like that (laughs) for Father of the Bride. (laughs) Yeah, this this was a really weird movie. I only knew about it as um, I mean, like I remember when it came out. It's uh, it's the 15th anniversary this year. Um, And uh, (laughs) people love it. Like I thought that I would enjoy it maybe slightly more. And I, I didn't think it would be as weird as it is. It's weird. Yeah, I think that a was very my biggest very strange takeaway. movie. Well, because I knew it as the movie that that you watched every Christmas, Casey, and I and I know other people that 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 watch it every Christmas. Like I've I've heard about it come up a lot with with people, usually like white people, that are like, "Oh, my family loves the Family Stone. We watch it every year." So I was like, "Oh, I bet it's like got like a nice kind of warm, kind of mm-hmm. breezy quality about it." And then watching it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is a sad movie." <laughs> it's it's like- a lot of things like pushed up. <laughs> 
together. And I mean, yeah. I still think I rather watch this every year than Love Actually or something that like gets on my nerves. This movie I think is like peculiar in a way that I found I like enjoyed taking notes for it and enjoyed watching it. Again, I come from a very small family. So some of the like family dynamics like freaked me out right like immediately. But I also don't know how this is like a I, I'm guessing this is accurate. <laughs> is it this accurate? Is accurate? No, I'm just kidding. Like no, I don't know. But I do feel like white people are very good at not oversharing with their family. I guess like uh, like being their genuine selves around their family, which is just something that like I definitely do do not do not do. My mom my either one of my parents haven't met a partner of mine in like six or seven years. Like since I've been in my thirties because I don't want to get their hopes up anymore. More. And these people are just <laughs> very yeah. open. Casey, yeah. how does your family like this movie so much? <laughs> uh, um, it's a good question. You know, I actually I thought about asking at least my siblings about it before coming on, but I I didn't. So um, I can only I can only guess to our motivations. But I think I, I like my family is. You know, there are five of us. My sister is married now, so I have a brother-in-law. My brother has a baby now, so there's that. So we have, like, kind of a, a big-ish family. Five is, like, a good size. You know, three kids is is a decent-sized family. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think that there's some sort of attraction to... I mean, we've always been, like, a very Christmas-oriented family. So, oh, okay. you know, it's definitely, like, we're a holiday-celebrating get-together, you know, my my uh my dad and my stepmom usually like host holidays they'll have like a christmas eve dinner and our extended family will come over so um they're like very into it very into the family time so i think that part of the attraction is this i mean could there's not a more idealized version of like what coming home for christmas could look like right it's like this upper middle class beautiful gigantic home um, oh yeah it's like a home kids. with a wraparound porch yes which is yeah. exactly like yeah <laughs> the dream that's the dream and then it's you know in new england so it's got the snow which we don't get here so it's a very like Right. Picturesque, I think, version of Christmas that my family definitely appreciates. Um, and I think that just all of the there's like a I don't know, it, it's dark watching it now with a critical eye. But I think that there's <laughs> a, this movie is supposed to be fun. Right. And there's like all of these. Yeah. Despite all of the conflict that comes up in this movie, everyone kind of comes together at the end and is happier than then than when everything started, you know, aside from their mom being dead. But yeah, uh, <laughs> well, but you win some, you dead, lose but... some, I guess. <laughs> Mom's dead, but, but it, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's here. <laughs> it, well, the other interesting thing is I was noticing that my family must really like this movie because that that side of my family is like evangelical too. So I really that yes, yes, and so interestingly, like when I watch this movie with them, Sybil, she says a lot of really inappropriate things. And one of the things that she says a lot, she says, God damn it a lot, which is like, if you're evangelical, that's like the curse of curses, right? right? Because it's just like a particularly, I so I like reflexively as a kid, I would like cringe because I just knew I could feel like my stepmom and my dad cringing about this woman saying, God damn it. Just because of the the (laughs) dynamic, like our, our, our family, like that would be like the worst curse you could utter. So it's interesting because they really must like this movie to kind of like put it on every year, despite the fact that, and then, you know, there's also like the gay son. My family has kind of got a interesting relationship to homosexuality. (laughs) They're like, I think they're a love the sin or not the sin kind of 
of family. Right, so right, right. Even that was kind of tolerated. So it's interesting that my that they kind of adopted this movie as part of our Christmas yeah. routine. But I, I think a lot of it has to do with just the idyllic nature of the of the setting and the family and the I mean and I will say know. like the cast is really like inviting. Like I'm yes. gonna talk shit about this movie soon. But like I like I grew up loving Diane Keaton. Like and this is also yeah. like post first wives like she was kind of on like a cool run. And I do think that like she's one of those people that is just so fucking likable. Like even though I think that everyone in this movie is 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 fucking weird and this family is like just kind of yeah. sweetly toxic. I mean, yes. I like her and like something that's like annoying to me about the movie is that like she's the person that I think that this movie is like really centered around and like the it needs her to die to, to like bring these people together unfortunately and i just wish yeah. i just wish craig yeah. t nelson could have died like super bad um instead like if we have to pick one because i do think it's one that sort of like has to like sort of like pity her and i think it even sort of pities the eldest sister because she's just pregnant on the couch the whole time but <laughs> can someone help me up i mean it's yeah, a really judgmental kind of movie it, but like w- wearing like the facade of of like liberalism which i yes yeah like i was telling max that my joke in the movie um with myself because that's who i watch everything with now was that this was just actually the movie before get out like this is why they started doing that is because we <laughs> lost this nice white lady um, to cancer and so we we started needing having to get out people and that's why that one guy they started with, with tad's husband <laughs> yeah 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 patrick they started with patrick um <laughs> But yeah, so that's where my mind immediately went because there is something like insidious about it too. Like the scenes that I, so there's two scenes in particular that I think are like really interesting and like almost like the rewriting of what happens when children bring home a partner. And it's that Sarah Jessica Parker's character, Meredith, doesn't want to sleep in the same bed as Everett. But I feel like what really happens more often is that the parents won't let you sleep in the same bed with the person that you right. were already yeah, yeah, fucking. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. And then the conversation where Meredith like reveals herself to be kind of bigoted at the table, I think again is is a conversation where usually the like clumsy, it's really awkward. (laughs) Usually like the bigoted comments coming out from someone's mouth are coming from the parents, not the kids. And like, I think that we put a lot of, or the movie puts a lot of the stress of what actually happens when someone brings someone home for Christmas or whatever on the interloper, instead of it being about like how the family is actually toxic, which I think is the the truth of the movie and I think that's like a really sly trick that the movie pulls off mostly because I think Sarah Jessica Parker is pretty she's just like a capable actress and so yeah. I kind of buy her she but yeah she's so good in that part that she ends up making a character that I think since we should have been the more unlikable character become the most likable character outside of maybe Luke Wilson because the family's so horrible like Diane Keaton's character I was like this woman sucks who I, cares about a wedding ring I mean again I get no, to say old, that yeah. because my joke is that like it's all mine like ever, like as an only child it's all mine like all my mom's garbage precious moment shit I have to take care of that shit someday but I'm just like I, I don't understand that subplot yeah well I mean and also like for all for how liberal this family is and they kind of beat yeah. you over the head with how you know accepting they are and the mom's always talking about like her kids fucking which I think is really inappropriate so, and yeah, creepy yeah yeah so she creepy. says like the what's whole- her name pops 
popped Amy's cherry and I was like, holy Yeah, moly. and they live in that kind of like small town where the guy who popped her cherry or whatever is still there and he's an EMT and he's nice and you know, somehow like come over for Christmas. Like everyone just knows each other. and Everyone like, wants Amy to fuck this townie again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Amy. But at the same time. You haven't fucked how, in 10 years. <laughs> for how liberal and accepting they are, they're still like very like clicky in a weird way and they're they're they are rude to this woman who like at the very beginning she you know obviously she's a flawed character and she definitely has some bigotry that needs to be addressed but like at the outset there's really not a big reason for them to be so cold to her you know no they like don't like her very different they just pick and pick at everything that she is because she obviously grew up in a different type of environment than they did or she's just a very different kind a person instead of you know kind of accepting that and le- giving her a chance they pretty much immediately are weird to her so it's like this weird dynamic of like we are so accepting and all this stuff and then balancing that with how they're actually behaving they're <laughs> they're kind of a nightmare they're awful to her and especially rachel mcadam's character like when she sort of suggests that also i'm sorry the bride wore black it's not <laughs> a card that you pull in charades like that's a too deep <laughs> cut but whatever well, hold on. first of all the charades game is insane i have to point out the weirdest thing <laughs> in this entire movie to me is that someone's first guess in charades is yuli's gold <laughs> that's someone's first guess and it's just like like they're on her and you just hear someone in the background i don't know if it was luke wilson or someone just goes i think it was luke wilson it goes yuli's gold and i was like what i haven't thought about yuli's gold in so long that character might just be there like luke wilson's so high that he's like you're talking about the 1997 <laughs> peter fonda movie yuli's goal like, yeah <laughs> i can believe that for that character but in that scene she's like trying to pantomime the bride wore black and once she gets to the word black she doesn't gesture to the black character and then rachel mcadam's character like insists that she did and so like that poor poor patrick is like being used as a token by yeah. this person that like like he also and he, he even says that like she was a cunt to him forever too like her character I mean she's a great actress to the point that like when the movie ends I don't completely hate her but she's the meanest person in this movie and like I think the movie knows that but I think the mom sort of eggs it on too yeah there's a lot of unexamined toxicity in this family that like listen like I, I have a family that's pretty judgmental but they're judgmental of each other not to like outsiders they wouldn't like i wouldn't bring someone home and they would be like oh look at this bitch like they'd probably just tease me (laughs) you know and just you know probably just make fun of me in front of them or something because they're all just they don't know how to communicate without sarcasm which is you know a flaw but so it was just like watching this family i was like these people are so cruel i can't imagine growing up in this family and also like they don't really seem to have that many overlapping qualities no Like they they don't don't seem to be related. They just seem to be kind of picked out from a screenwriter's idea of like, well, that's that one. And like, that's the, that's the stoner and Mm -hmm. that's the bitch. And uh, she's pregnant. And and Dermot Maroney too. uh, (laughs) He seems like, uh, like completely different than the family. Like he doesn't seem to be like an overshare. He's in a different movie. He's not in the family. He is. And he's in a different movie. And I think he looks bad in this movie. I mean, Dermot Mulroney really peaked in the 90s, but I I like Dermot Mulroney, but (laughs) he seems, and I think it's a case, I think really what this whole movie comes down to is that it's horribly directed. I think that's the problem because I don't even think it's that bad of a script. Like, I think this is like, it's not like a great script, but like a competent director. Like, I bet you if Nancy Myers had to make this movie, if someone gave it to her, she'd Mm -hmm. be like, yeah, I can make this work. 
I got this. Like, I think there's True. certain directors who can do a movie like this in their sleep. Like, fucking, I bet Ron Howard could have stepped in and been like, yeah, Reiner. no worries. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Thomas Bazooka or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> it's his first movie, I think. And, I, you know, I don't know how he got all these people together for yeah. this movie. Somehow everybody was like, you gotta work with Thomas Bazooka. But he got this movie and and it's so misdirected that, that no one really appears to be on the same page. Like, Diane Keaton, who's great and usually really likable, you're like, I don't really care if this woman dies. Like, she seems kind of shitty. Craig T. Nelson is just like, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a, the husband. I don't know. He, he does. Yeah. I mean, refreshing that lost. someone is like just a dumb husband. I'm like, okay, okay. It's like better yeah, than like just a yeah. wife character. I'm like, he gets it. Well, it seems like um, the men are the most harmless. Like literally the husband is just like, well, I'm just your dumb husband. And Luke Wilson's like, well, I'm just high. And then the other kid's like, I'm deaf. And like, that's really like their qualities that. Yeah. But the other sister's just pregnant. Yeah, totally. She doesn't do anything besides like pet her belly and talk to her husband on the phone. And cry watching Meet Me in St. Louis. She's also the only, only one that brings anything to the to the table like literally there's a, yeah. a moment where she's serving them like bread or something and she's I'm just like them. why is the only yeah. person that's like said like bringing food to the table the one that's like the pregnant one extremely pregnant well, like also come on, sit down also i think we're supposed to think that she's sort of like the nicest the kindest member of this family but like mm-hmm. if she were kind don't you think that that character would have like at least like made some gesture towards the sarah jessica parker character because uh, because like she doesn't at all and i just like because so, yeah. i'm not a nice person i'm not pretending to be yeah that's true but i but i'm like a mediator because i hate tension so i like i, I it's like impossible for me not to be like here here's a here's this for you <laughs> like yeah, yeah the movie doesn't know and then and then like in the peak of meredith like not getting along with this family she decides to like go and get her own, own hotel and then she like calls her sister played by claire danes to come which is just like a really weird that's solution that's a really to weird me. thing to do okay i would okay, never like, call I think my brother weird, and be but... like you gotta come down because this is so awkward my brother would be like i don't know what to tell you dude. <laughs> 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 like but I think, yeah, it's a weird movie. Like, it doesn't, it's not interested in kindness or, like, the nice characters. It just kind of leaves them in the background. And it's interested in the more, like, so-called, like, you know, complicated, like, toxic, but, like, they're just kind of fucked up characters. But it reminds me of, like, the difference between an Alex Ross Perry movie and a Noah Baumbach movie where it's... Oh, my God. You're mistaking being toxic for being interesting. And it's like, no, they're mm-hmm. just toxic. I don't like these people. I don't care about them. And like Noah Baumbach, where it's like, I don't really like this person, but like, I get it. I get why you are the way that you are. With this movie, it was like, I don't know why you are the way that you are. Your mom does seem like kind of a bitch and your dad just seems like a fucking like lame dude. He's been just staring off around. into space for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> where am I? <laughs> He's blacked out. I mean, but I do think this movie thinks that both Everett and Julie, the Claire Danes character and the Dermot Maroney character are nice. And I think that the movie... I think that Dermot Maroney certainly thinks that he is those movies lead. And I think that is why he feels so weird sometimes. Like the second that he sees Julie, he gets so horny. It's like, you, you, his face dictates in that moment, exactly what's going to happen for the remainder of the movie, which is like incredible. I guess like if you're in like a Hallmark movie in this movie that is like, you're supposed to, care about everybody it's really weird and surreal to be like oh he's gonna try to fuck her sister yeah it's like am i supposed to root for this to happen so (laughs) cool but like the sister like they don't like sarah jessica parker and claire danes have woefully 
little time together and don't really have like chemistry as you know what i mean like they should you know i just realized they should have they should have switched the casting it should have been rachel mcadams as sarah jessica parker's sister and claire danes as the shitty sister yeah adams came off a bus like her charm is so like yeah i'd be like okay you don't really have to do too much screenwriting work here to make me believe this but claire danes i was like i mean really i feel like talking about going to temples and like fucking where was it Alaska and like he's just so like woo woo for it and you're just like yucky like I think Claire Dane's character exists to basically show you that Sarah Jessica Parker is just bad by choice because if it's her sister Mm. it's like they obviously grew up in somewhat of a similar environment maybe the same exact environment we don't really get to find out but it seems like we're supposed to understand that like Sarah Jessica Parker sucks because because yeah, she just chose I think you're to right. suck. <laughs> you're right. That is what the movie thinks. And like, this movie is so all over the place tonally that I thought there was going to be a reveal that like they because okay. Also, Claire Danes is a very tall woman, and Sarah Jessica Parker is not. Uh, I thought there was going to be a reveal that like maybe they were foster kids or something, and like that's why Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker is just like so skittish and like kind of rightfully so skittish around this like big ass family. Oh my god! No, no, it's all right. Let's just get this off. You're gonna be fine. Your pretty hair. I'm just as good as any of you. Of course you are. Better, probably. What's so great about you guys? Nothing. It's just, it's just that we're all we've got. We're not so great. And you, you're the worst. I'm the worst. <laughs> to, to, to sort of like alleviate the weirdness of Dermot Maroney clearly wanting to fuck his girlfriend's soon-to-be fiance's I'm also like, sister. Has he, he's never met her? No, he says he's never met her and that he's only seen pictures of her. And then the second he, like she comes off the bus like his boner might have well made like a looney tunes boing <laughs> yeah, i think she, like, should have done that yeah <laughs> <laughs> we can we can make a re-edit that's add just the more sound <laughs> at the boy um <laughs> so then luke wilson starts flirting with sarah jessica parker kind of early on too but you're not really sure there's no reason is. for him to like her there's no reason for him no to reason. like her there's no reason for her to like him from her no. worldview he is the last person that they're in the other Sarah Jessica Parker movie they're in failure to launch where it's like yeah he's like the like kind of slacker who she's like out of you know slap into shape or whatever and like well he's also the only character that doesn't kind of give her a hard time about being that's true totally so I guess like like in that environment you're like oh yeah (laughs) I mean but even so like he he when she actually is like having a crisis and <laughs> almost oh, that like, is crashes insanity. the car and nobody goes Three to times. check on her. He's the only yeah. one that could give a shit if she lives or dies. So yeah, I truly. Mean, that, that's a bond. <laughs> yeah, the yeah whole that was is insane like, to me that, the, that her boyfriend didn't go check on her. Dermot it's Moroni's like she's just... a little person. She could easily be murdered by an airbag easily she is the body type for someone who dies in an airbag accident let her bleed um, no truly they do not go and check on her because they are terrifying he goes and checks on her and what i will say like the scene that i think kind of works in this movie is the scene where they're at the dive bar i 
do yeah because it, yeah. it checks like the rom-com box because like she dances mm-hmm. to like a motown era i don't think they're actually a motown group like girls group song and it works and she is it's like the so obligatory sprightly. motown song that goes into every one of these holiday movies uh there's a there's a few of them and is aretha that, franklin like, that... in this movie no Okay. That's um you're thinking of another Dermot Maroney banger. Um <laughs> my best friend's wedding is when I say a little prayer well, I'm also for you, thinking please. of um stepmom the the uh, Julia Roberts Susan oh, Sarandon. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. an that movie's good. But I, I do like I do like watching Sarah Jessica Parker dance in this movie and she is really good at like hitting all those notes and she plays a good fake drunk really. Like she's good at that. I With really that like her in it. It's good because you're away from the rest of the family and it's Sarah Jessica yeah. Parker, Luke Wilson and Paul Schneider who are the three most likable people in the whole movie in one scene. Yeah. So you're like yeah, this is great. I'd rather spend time with these people than go back to. And then, yeah, Dermot Mulroney, I think, is like I do. I do kind of chalk up a lot of this once again to the director because Dermot Mulroney easily could have just been tweaked a little bit in his performance. If it was if I was directing this, I'd be like, hey, man, like you're you're not you're playing this like you want to murder your family and like granted but the, whenever he talks to them alone about sarah jessica parker where he's like please be nice he's not just like please be nice to them he's like if you're not nice to them you're dead <laughs> like he, he's talking to them like he is going to murder them he is in a much darker movie <laughs> I mean, do you think that this has happened before? Is that, is that why he's That's so why he's fed yeah. up. Every time that he cut, brings somebody home, they're just awful and he's That's just That's the done. get out part. Yeah, I don't know. I brought I home a nice white girl. Don't fuck this up for me. It's supposed to be like an oldest, an eldest child thing that he, he feels like he has to be the most buttoned up because there is that scene between him and Diane Keaton where she like finally says that she will let him have the ring, but she just doesn't want him to like miss out on dating or like being with like the right kind of person right i don't know it seems like she wants to fuck him it seems like they all want to fuck each other really bad to well, the there's... point that like <laughs> there's this scene that's so weird to me and it's once again just the way that it's directed and edited it's really bizarre i don't know if this is just me but there's this scene where it's kind of revealed that diane keaton's cancer has come back yeah and yes. it's revealed in a really kind of clumsy it's revealed way. several times in the movie that our cancers come back because like we get to see different characters come to that revelation and, then and rachel never- mcadams yeah. is like kept <sighs> in the dark but it's elizabeth riser it's really the only scene she gets besides her meet me in st louis scene he like crawls into bed with her but Diane Keaton. Yeah. But it's really weird because it's pretty early on and she kind of crawls into bed with her like behind her. But Diane Keaton's not moving. And I was like, oh, no, is she dead? Because of the way that it's framed. I was like, oh, I think she's maybe dead. And then all of a sudden Diane Keaton wakes <laughs> That would up. be crazy. It's so early. <laughs> Just a weekend Uh-oh. at Bernie's uh, from there. And then, she's, like, having but then... A, she's having a cancer nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the cancer really hitting you. But then she like turns around and she kind of looks at Elizabeth Reiser in the eyes like very romantically and longingly. And I was like, oh, are they going to kiss? <laughs> like, the scene goes through a lot of different moments of like, what's happening here? I was like, yeah, wait, is she dead? Oh, I think they're romantically interested. And then I was like, well, oh, she has cancer. That's not where I thought this was going. <laughs> me either, because then that scene is really confusing to me too. Because because again, like it keeps being revealed that Diane Keaton has cancer. That's the first time that it's revealed. And she says something like, nobody else knows. And, and so I thought that maybe the character that is supposed to be like, all buttoned up and like good the whatever her name is Susanna the Prager's one with a kid whose husband isn't there I thought maybe the husband (laughs) had actually like left them or something and she's like trying to keep up appearances again like I kept 
like I kept thinking that some of the weirdness of this movie would be shared up like Sarah Jessica Parker is actually like adopted or like a foster kid or something and that Susanna is actually this and like this is actually that and it's actually get out but no um it just Diane Keaton has cancer and then she has sex with Craig T. Nelson oh yeah yeah when he's like rubbing her titties yeah yeah also the scene where luke wilson finds out when apparently they're like smoking a joint together in the no they're cold yeah they're outside on bleachers they go to a school (laughs) are they doing this because i thought they were eating pop brownies and i was like why do you have to go outside Let's go and to also, old high like, school and why is Diane Keaton's character <laughs> such a stickler about weed? Yeah, that's where she draws the line. Yeah, but why? Is it, yeah, it just it's so confusing to me because it doesn't seem to like add up to the same character as all the other shit. But like for to like a woman that's like so and so popped my daughter's cherry. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like these people maybe, need some weed brownies, I think. Yeah. But but also the scene where he tells Luke Wilson not only is like really dramatic, like I understand obviously it's dramatic, but like there's a tone that you can kind of walk in a movie like this to be like your mom has cancer without it, like turning to Luke Wilson, just like just breaking down and it's just like really uncomfortable and it's framed awfully it's like over the shoulder but it's like mm-hmm. zoomed in it's like they accidentally cropped there's several shots in. that are too close in this yeah movie. where i was like oh this, this guy doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> and he has to also it's also one of the hardest things you could do especially for a first movie is to have to block that many people in a room mm-hmm. and I think one of the weirdest parts of this movie that really adds to the weirdness of it is I I think there's something off about the sound mix. It's like they forgot to add background like chatter. So like there's a (laughs) bunch of scenes of people in the house and I'm like, this house is eerily quiet. Like it's two people talking and you see people in the background, but no one's talking. You can't even overhear chatter. And I know that's such a stupid thing to point out, but I'm like, I feel like that would have added to the feeling of the movie where it's like, I'm watching this really weird scene with two people and in the background, I can see other people congregating, but it's like you forgot to add in the mix of just like Mm -hmm. chatter that you can't, you know, understand or hear or whatever, or you can't really make it out, but you just hear the people are talking and doing things. So I was like, this is really weird. Like it just- Because everyone's trying to spy on each other. They're being so quiet so they can- Yeah, if I was like talking, I'd be like, what's going on? Like, why aren't you guys, everyone's really quiet right now. (laughs) Well, that's also the appeal. (laughs) Like the appeal of the big family Christmas is that there's always kind of somebody like up around the house. So it's interesting that it's just- kind of absent well that's what i mean by like i think there's a lot of amateur moves by bazooka classic bazooka classic bazooka god damn it bazooka <laughs> well it's also just like whoever the sound mixer was it was like buddy just had some some fucking chatter and like it's it reminded me of like look i know he's a piece of shit but how good david o russell is at shooting like di- crazy di- family dynamics yeah. like if you think of like silver linings like there's always yeah. something happening there's always somebody talking or something moving or or it, it feels like you're in that kind of house it feels authentic to like yeah i'm in a house with a bunch of loud kind of exuberant crazy people with this i was just like this is really uncomfortable like i feel awkward watching this right now because i think i texted you like there's like one shot of dermot maroney when he like goes he chases claire danes to the bus stop this is like so fucking stupid and then they like have a moment and she like i think you're supposed to feel like this catharsis where she's like what are you doing on new year's and i think you're supposed to like feel something I didn't. Um, I was like weird. <laughs> and then she gets back on the bus and then it's like he's approaching the camera and it gets yeah. 
so close that I was like, I, I thought the movie was going to end on that shot. And I was like, that's me too. I thought it was like going to go on like his epidermis, like fight club opening style or something. I was like, why are we this close to Dermot Maroney's face right now? And he has like it's his hood so up and weird. he looks really intense. Like he's like a, yeah, he looks like, like, like he's going to go rob like a circle K. <laughs> <laughs> also when he meets up with claire danes to like when she's gets off the bus they're like standing in front of the bus too like if i was the yeah. bus driver i'd be like what are you guys doing get the fuck out of my way <laughs> it's fine they're the main characters <laughs> all right everybody yeah, hold on hold know. on they're, they're talking <laughs> they're coming together we should talk about the absolutely insane dinner scene, though. Um, yes. where, where were they? They have to make Meredith so unlikable and just like dig her heels in. But somehow that's the least mad that they almost get at her. They're almost more mad at her in other scenes for just existing. They're they mad at her for trying to make breakfast at some yeah. point. They're more yes. mad yeah. at her for like attempting to help than like being like, oh, I don't know about gay people getting married. <laughs> Right. And like they do put some really horrible things in her mouth. Yeah. You, it's you, very, you go over like, it, Max. It's very, well, you, you it's say very, all those things. It's very, <laughs> it's very 2000s, like pre Obama, like liberal discussion conversation where it's just like, it's cringy. It's very dated. It's, it's super a very well, dated. Well, Diane Keaton's gross too because she's like, I I wanted all my kids to be gay. It's like, yeah, the fuck? Okay. <laughs> you want that is, feels, is, that's like the get out line. Get out, like, I would have yeah. voted Obama that's, third that's term. What, that is when I decided they were the <laughs> <laughs> the proto get out the house. Gay get yeah. out. I wish all my kids were gay. <laughs> and then talking about um, their window dressings. <laughs> oh, it's just a yeah. very like white liberal weird yeah stereotypical and yeah and then they're talking about adopting a kid and luke wilson's like i want a little blank baby and then someone says something and luke wilson goes can you dig it it's so God. well and also claire danes <laughs> like who's supposed to like in the realm of this movie be like really likable i felt like her question was an overstep too like maybe if you were really really close with someone because she asked in a racial couple like does it matter to you like if you get a white baby or a black baby and they and they answer her as if like wow like it's really brave of her to ask that but like i would i would be offended if i did not know someone and that was like one of the first things that they excuse they had to ask sweetie you are an yeah. ally thank excuse you excuse me who are you <laughs> yeah. the other thing is like claire danes doesn't really help sarah jessica parker out as she like stumbles and stumbles and stumbles and stumbles she tries to defend her after the fact barely but it's like in the moment you'd be like hey sis yeah after she stop. leaves the table she's like i'm sorry she's just a dumb bitch but she i know she's like it. i know how she comes off and then she doesn't finish the sentence she's not like but she actually has a great heart or like really blah, blah, blah like this happened da, 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 da. it's just like i know well, how did she you is. hear how claire danes begins the conversation with this mm -mm. tad the way that she tries to make conversation is by saying so you're deaf oh, I <laughs> She's it's kind of in the background because they're it's one of the few instances where they're trying to do overlapping dialogue and she turns to them and she goes okay so you're she's like oh so you're deaf and <laughs> It's casual, like as if she was like, oh, so you, you work in finance, but she's just like, oh, so you can't hear anything. And he's like, in the sign language in the movie is used very sparingly or a lot. Sparingly. It's either they're really yeah. overdoing it or like, or Dermot Mulroney, who appears to not know. He's the one in the family who's like, I never learned. Yeah, because like maybe yeah. he was almost out of the house by the time that kid was, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, no he, thanks. No one thought about it. I don't <laughs> know why interested. I am. <laughs> well, he, the only time he uses sign language is when 
they're looking for Claire Danes when he goes to chase her to the bus stop at the end and he runs up to the car. He uses his two fingers to make it look like two people running and he just says, did you see her? And that's the only time in the movie he uses sign language is to just move his two fingers. That's, that's it. It's not even like sign language. sign language. It's not even sign language. He's it's just, just gesturing. Like, yeah, he's just like, you see this? And it's like he's talking to a kid or <laughs> he's something. He's playing charades still. <laughs> Yuli's gold. <laughs> um, <laughs> and again, with like the white liberalism of this movie, like it needs to make him be gay and deaf and have the black partner be- just to almost as like the very 2020 oh. step of this movie to make in 2005. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, in 2005, like, yeah, no, in 2020, it would be like the this is us model where the black son would actually be adopted into the family. Oh, yes. And that's how right. wonderful they are. It's just like this movie wants to wear any otherness on like as a badge of honor instead of like ever honoring that person's identity. It's like, see, yeah. he's one of us. See, like we have a gay brother. We have a hearing impaired brother. We have a, yeah. Well, and um, we actually don't ever really learn anything about that character like no. at all. No. He's it's just defining kind of, qualities. He's gay and deaf. And, no, and there, and, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't and ever really like, get any any moments and then he does have a scene with rachel mcadams when rachel mcadams is just dogging on meredith before she's even been introduced and he's like well you were kind of a bitch to me too for years i want to know how she was a bitch to him that's what i want me to know too. is me when your your deaf too. brother brings home his his gay black boyfriend like what treatment does he get well, this may be a personal question but do you have a preference about the child's race julie I'm like a little black baby. Don't you already have a little black baby? Can you dig it? I'm so sorry. I. Oh, it totally doesn't matter to us. I was just wondering. Julie? I'm just so excited about having this child at all. I'm sorry. I would sign, but I don't know the language. Oh. No, it's okay. Um. Well, do you boys believe in nature versus nurture? I mean, is that all a concern in terms of bringing a child into your house? I'm not sure I follow you. Why wouldn't we bring it to the house? <laughs> well, I, I just mean the gay thing. You know, I mean, there's no irrefutable evidence one way or the other. I and mean, yes, they think they've isolated a gene, but what does that mean? They don't know what it's for or what it does. Didn't they determine it's for window treatments? There you go. <laughs> One of the contributing factors to being gay may very well be the environment. Well, I mean, look at my drapes, right? Aren't they horrible? There's absolutely no way it was this environment. I'm surprised it's not fresh. I guess it's like barely rotten, so. Mike LaSalle of the San Francisco Chronicle said, Bazooka made some... Bazooka made something perverse, a feel-bad holiday film about a repellent family <laughs> with a milk toast dad and a smug, devious harpy of a mom. Ooh. Stephen Hunter of the Washington Post said, There are many ways to define the shrieking awfulness of the family stone, from the general lack of wit to the cheap exploitation of cancer to its casual cruelty, but its writer-director Thomas Bazooka's casting. It's Thomas Bazooka's casting that really goes awry. I don't think the casting is the problem. I think it's... I mean, maybe oh, the casting is maybe the savior of the movie is that yeah. you have all these great actors yeah, he's playing lucky these terrible these people. people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Scott Tobias of the AV Club said, most of it falls on Bazooka. I love that everyone just keeps calling out Bazooka. Scott Tobias said, most of it falls on Bazooka, not just for uh, devising these monstrously cruel characters, but for putting them in, a, in situations that are far too serious to be resolved by Christmas morning. When the melodrama gets too intense, the film collapses in slapstick. It is very slapstick. Yeah, it really moments. does. It There's does a lot go of from slapstick. Like, like, the, like when yeah, they... heavy cancer scene to like all of a sudden like 
someone's slipping in food and whoa. Or just Rachel McAdams like mm-hmm. getting out of the also, car. What is that <laughs> yeah. Ooh, the Oregonian. All right. Oh, Emmy hi. Russell of the or- Oregonian said almost totally emotionally bankrupt, but it's a very specific form of total emotional bankruptcy, one that feels honest and even uplifting at the time because the actors are great and the direction's well intentioned and just so. Do we know that the direction was well intentioned, though? You don't know. What <laughs> Maybe was Bazooka wanted it to be this way. I yeah. Hate these fucking people. It's yeah, it's so <laughs> close to being family pies. <laughs> Wesley Morris of the Boston Globe said the movie is a holiday romantic comedy that wants to put the holiday romantic comedy out of business. And Walter Chaw of Film Freak Central said an absolute freak a nightmare. <laughs> oh my my question is that what is the expectation for because I was talking to Max about this. Like I just don't Right. Totally understand. What is a good Christmas movie? Yeah, I think it's one that you forget is a Christmas movie. Like, I think that what is also bizarre about this movie is that, like, after 2005, these movies kind of moved over to the Hallmark Channel and all starred Dean Kane. And so <laughs> it's like, you were say now Dane we're Cook like, this- for a second. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think Dean Kane is in, in several of them. Dean Kane is in, and Rachel Lee Cook is in a lot. Some positive reviews, though. Roger Ebert liked this movie. He said it's silly at times, leaning toward the screwball tradition of everyone racing around the house at the same time in a panic fueled by serial misunderstandings. There is also a thoughtful side. All right. Okay. Um, Rex Reed of The Observer, one of the most hateful critics in the world liked this movie. He really liked it. Um, Interesting. Weird. He is just an all-around miserable. He's like an old aging queen. He's just like the cattiest, bitchiest critic. He said, I love it dearly. I have seen it twice. I will see it again. If there is any hope for the longevity of movies, it will become an annual holiday classic. He wow. Was right. He was not wrong. I it made mean, him happy. I love it dearly. Not a ton of behind the scenes. Movie was made, surprisingly, for only 18 million. Really? Yeah. Everyone probably took There's a so many people pretty in big it. pay cut. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it made almost 100 million worldwide. So there you go. A few casting what ifs. Uh, Dermot Mulroney mm. was really the last pick. <laughs> for uh they they went through a few different people for that part aaron eckhart was cast in the part oof and he dropped out right before shooting he looks not... less like that family too i don't know Ugh. yeah that wouldn't have made any sense the other actor that was supposed to play Dermot maroney's part who i think would have been so much better in this movie would have been much better off with him is billy crudo yep hmm. i believe him in this fam that family yeah and I like Dermot Mulroney, but Billy Crudup is an incredible actor. So I think he would have salvaged yeah. that. And a very 2005 casting what if. The part for Luke Wilson originally went to Johnny Knoxville. Oh, my God. Oh, that would be bad. <laughs> That's how you know it's If Sarah Jessica Parker and Johnny Knoxville had a sex scene, though, I would <laughs> gift that every day to someone. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. The Johnny Knoxville movie that came out around the same time is called The Ringer. I don't know if you remember it, but it's where Johnny Knoxville pretends to be mentally challenged to join the Special Olympics. You're kidding. Wow. <laughs> That's what 2005 was like at the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Writer-director Thomas Bazooka put the nine cast members playing the Stones through several weeks of rehearsal so they would bond well enough off camera to convincingly betray a family. This included a crash course in American Sign Language, as eight of the nine characters would be called upon to utilize American Sign Language in the script. While some critics and the cast members themselves pointed out that the American Sign Language use, use was subpar, it was actually a realistic betrayal of hearing a hearing family's use of the language, which is often perfunctory at best. That's depressing. Yeah. And finally, Sarah Jessica Parker was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actress for this movie. Wow. Wow. Good for her. Yeah. yeah, truly. She was thriving. Which leads us to who's the MVP? It's SJP. She's great in it. Yeah. That I agree. scene where she just like, b- like bumping her ass against uh, that one actor in the bar. I was like, that's cute. I like her. 
or dancing against the jukebox that little moment yeah. she's so cute she's, she's so cute good. i, I usually she, don't care either way about her but i thought she was great in this I, I was this wondering is one of my favorite performances I've seen of her just because I think that in a lot of other actors hands I would have hated this character a lot mm-hmm. but I think she's just so she's I don't know the, the levels that she brings to it I think are pretty impressive considering how awful we're supposed to think this character is yeah they even make her say some horrible shit at some point and still I kind of like like her at the end <laughs> I didn't know Max if you were gonna feel that way but I'm glad that you do <laughs> Oh, yeah. I went into it thinking Rachel McAdams. I was like, oh, Rachel McAdams is probably easily going to steal this movie. Um, and not that she's bad in it, but her character no. is just such an awful human being that I was like, no, it's it's Sarah Jessica Parker, followed followed by Luke Wilson and Paul Schneider, who yeah. I think are both very good. I, I miss Paul Schneider being in movies. I think he always can pop up and be reliable. Final rating on the family stone. So hard. I feel like it's a train wreck because I was captivated. But I also think it is a cult classic. Like it truly, it like people is. love it. And then I also classic. feel like it seems really close to a movie that's probably fresh. So then I also want to say like, at that point, it's good for some people. <laughs> I mean, I feel like cult classic is so strong, but I feel like it's in that range. I guess we like, can give I, a special even, award for Christmas cult classic. Yeah, I would say Christmas yeah. cult classic because I recognize that while I've watched this movie way too much... <laughs> It's it's not it's not a great movie, and actually the people are pretty terrible. But for some reason, I find <laughs> a bizarre Christmas comfort in in the mess. Yeah, I guess uh, yeah, it's a Christmas cult classic. But I think there's a lot of parts of this that are that are straight up really bad. Like just from like Absolutely. a from like a directorial standpoint. All right, should we talk about the holiday? Yes, please. Iris and Amanda are in exactly the same place. Where do I want to go by myself, depressed at Christmas? Just 6,000 miles apart. Home exchange. We switch houses, cars, everything. Bingo. I need you to answer this. Are there any men in your town? Perfect. We're on our way. As one door closes, that'll be interesting. Another one opens. Oh. Hi. Hello. I'm Miles. I'm Graham. Iris's brother. Do you want some company? Yeah, love some. Excuse me? Okay, sorry about that. Boob grace. <laughs> that was accidental. You know, Graham, I just broke up with someone. And considering that you showed up and you're insanely good looking and probably won't remember me anyway, I'm thinking we should have sex. If you want. Is that a trick question? Seems I had it all wrong. It turns out you'll go somewhere new and meet people who make you feel worthwhile again. It's Christmas Eve and we are going to celebrate being young and being alive. Sorry, that was Amanda. Find out how she is. Can you tell him I'm good? How's she doing? What's he been up to? Hold, please. I can't believe that you have had sex with the woman staying in my house! (gasps) He told you that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The holiday. I can't believe you've had sex with Amanda. She's been there five days. And then you meet her and immediately get into her knickers. Still me. Another festive ensemble, The Holiday, starring Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, Kate Winslet, Woo! and Jack Black. 
After 2.30-something working women are jilted by their piece-of-shit lovers on opposite sides of the globe, Amanda, an LA-based Hollywood trailer editor, and Iris, a British society columnist, decide to trade houses on a website that predates Airbnb and disregard safety and privacy concerns for two weeks over the lead-up to Christmas. On Amanda's first night in Iris's country cottage, a handsome and slosh stranger, Graham, played by Jude Law, comes knocking at her door expecting to find his sister Iris. After five minutes of Tampa conversation, the two fuck and begin an embarrassing love affair only two tens can effortlessly fall into. They feel totally comfortable hiding behind shrubs, throwing snowballs, making snow angels, and making out in public. Meanwhile in LA, Iris befriends an elderly Hollywood screenwriter played by Eli Wallach <laughs> and can't stop meet cuting a film composer played by Jack Black. Amanda and Iris, away from their homes and bad habits, are able to fall for men they'd otherwise overlook or sabotage and are brought closer to their genuine selves. Or at least I think that's what we're supposed to think. And that's The Holiday, directed by Nancy Myers. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I need to do this. Yeah, this is my, this is how I'm going to find my person, I think. Um, what is, this This has to be in the last step. What did the critics think, though, of the holiday? It's also in the 50s. It's 50%. But Ooh. guess what? It's got an 80% audience score. That is bonkers to me that it actually you know what maybe it's not because i liked watching this movie because i am kind of like an idiot that watches most rom-coms but this movie is very long and strange this movie is is six hours long six hours it doesn't end (laughs) two and a half hours long (laughs) you would think that you put on the wrong movie on accident when you first uh, see the runtime of this movie yeah and i think that because everyone in the movie is so famous at this point in time like everyone's like too likable and like uninterrogated in a way that feels too light. I didn't hate watching this movie though. Let me say that this is the first time I watched it. It was nice to spend this much time with bootcut jeans again. I don't know. <laughs> like Cameron Diaz's outfits are bootcut jeans and heels. Like she looks like yeah, mid two thousands, like Us Weekly tabloid famous uh, outfits. And it was nice to be reintroduced to like a slime because like even though Jude Law's character in this movie is supposed to be like so sweet, um, He's not a he just can't help. But- no. no, he's just so slimy. He just has like a slimy affectation to him that like I think makes him great now. But when movies that he's supposed to be like just sweet and likable, I'm always like, really? That's yeah. guy? No, he's this not. Is, this <laughs> is when him and Colin Farrell were still like, you know, romantic. Yeah. Leading men. Well, and- wasn't it also before the revelation of his affair? Yes. Yeah. So yes. we still so, which had makes a very... really weird to watch now. Right. Yeah. Because at this time, Jude Law was like this haughty, you know, leading man guy. And then he kind of did it to himself, I think, with his affair. I remember like how explosive that was. And I yeah, think he's it... one of the group of nanny fuckers <laughs> that yes. I think Ben Affleck is also a member of. And I think yeah. Evan Rosdale. Look. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think the, he just changed uh, the the public perception of him in a good way because I think his like hairline started receding and he mm-hmm. just kind of like looked scummier that we were ready to embrace scumbag Jude Law. Yeah. Yeah. By the time he shows up in Vox Lux, I was like, oh, perfect. This yeah, exactly I'm like happy to see him doing. now. Mm-hmm. Um, I made the mistake after watching this movie looking up what his kids look like and his son could be a really nice guy looks like a total piece of shit too like his son looks like a piece of shit and his daughter is like stupid beautiful like because the mom was sadie frost is sadie frost who's like gorgeous 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 yeah the daughter just like beautiful (laughs) children like his daughter is so pretty she looks like she's like as pretty as like a waterfall like some other natural wonders of the world and then his son (laughs) yeah and it like is so it's like just so 
slime ball looking. It's like, oh, so the sun looks gene, like him. Yeah, like the slime gene is dominant, and it care. Yeah, the daughter got else. like the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. The son is just like future scumbag. Yeah, I mean Jude Law. You know, he's been around since the early '90s, so he's been around for a little bit at this point. Like he's been working for a decade. I think Alfie has already been a movie, right? Yeah, well, he kind of spends the late 90s. His career kind of comes full circle. He spends the late 90s doing a lot of supporting kind of character scumbag type roles. I think he's mm. incredible in The Talented Mr. Ripley. One of his best performances. Um, Existence, he's, doing, he's really wonderful. Yeah, Existence, Gattaca. So he's doing like some weird, interesting stuff. And then I think by the time the 2000s come around, he has 2004, which was like his big year where he does Alfie, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, I Heard Huckabees. Yeah, it was like the time when right. he was in every movie like that was when I first started that was my first job working at a movie theater and I remember when I got hired I think pretty much every movie playing at that theater was starring Jude Law like he was in everything we had so he is this kind of big year but I think a lot of those movies bombed so then they were like what do we do with Jude Law um mm-hmm. and uh and yeah so then he now he's in he's in the holiday which like this just feels like the obligatory like 2000s rom-com that every like very beautiful actor has to do at some point where they're like yeah sure I'll do the holiday right except i think that like even an average or like baseline 2000s rom-com is romantic more romantic than this like you catch me on the right day and i will shed some tears at like nodding hill which like, i think is like just okay or you know like and probably even worse ones oh the made in manhattan uh wedding planner like jennifer lopez c- kind of can build one out for me and like cameron diaz can be good in these movies too but for some reason here and i think that the plot even though i like make fun of it as like being like a pre-airbnb love story like i don't even think the plot is stupid i think it's kind of good it's a great like rom-com the, setup that could also the be setup a horror is movie good. it could easily go yeah. rom-com or horror movie at any moment and, and i think that i don't know what its mistakes well first of all like cameron look, i have a note that says has ed burns ever played someone likable that's a <laughs> true question to you guys i don't uh, know i love that ed burns even in this movie he's like some la guy but he's still like hey, i'm fucking from new york i'm your boyfriend like i'm sweating <laughs> like a fucking pig over here He's like, he's still like this hardcore New Yorker. <laughs> and I was like, does Burns know how to not do that? So he's yeah. Cameron Diaz's piece of shit ex. I really don't know who Rufus Sewell is, the Kate Winslet piece of shit ex. And then Cameron Diaz has this weird backstory where she hasn't cried since she was 15. She's a psychopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like an undiagnosed psychopath. She's like, I feel She nice. works a lot. That's the <laughs> point of her character. She, yeah. she likes yeah. to work. They're both yeah. workaholics. Yeah, Cameron Diaz's character. I was also confused on what she did at first. I was like, is she a director? Oh, no, oh. she's an editor. Oh, no, she's a trailer. She's like a trailer editor. Yeah. But like a hotshot one. Like people are like, go get me. Amanda doesn't have a last name. I don't know if a trailer and her house is has gigantic. That kind of yeah. Well, that's absolutely what I thought too. But like, whatever in the realm of this movie, fine. I'm willing to ex- accept it. I sure. <laughs> I just had a really hard time. And typically, again, like with these movies, I almost too quickly like empathize with the female lead. Like no matter what she's doing, like the ten things I or no, how to lose a guy in ten days, woman. The Kate Hudson lady. She's awful, but I'm quickly like, yeah, 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 I get what you're doing. And like, I, I, I had a really hard time finding myself like, not necessarily like not empathizing with these women, but just like, I don't, I didn't relate to them in any way because Cameron Diaz is almost too self-assured 
and Kate Winslet's character is like too like sniveling and pathetic for Kate Winslet. I agree. I I was the same in this movie. Like I love, you know, I'm happy to watch a movie with people where the premise is people are falling in love and like rooting for Mm -hmm. them. But I really felt very disconnected from all of these characters. There was like a big... I just didn't feel anything about them at all. Did you feel like either couple, or maybe I should phrase it like this way, like which couple to you had the most chemistry? Cameron Diaz and Jude Law. Yeah, I would say them, but it's just... I don't know. Like I I don't think... But I also didn't care about either relationship, really. It just... I I just felt like... Yeah. Very removed. They also kind of put Kate Winslet with the old guy for a while as if to be like... That's her. Mm. That's her love story. <laughs> She's gonna I like kind of accidentally becomes like a freelance assistant for this old guy. Like he kind of dupes her into like working for him almost. Like she spends half her time in L.A. just like doing shit for this old guy. Yeah. And like, look, I think Jack Black he's is cute. great. Jack Black is a is a great, wonderful actor. He's very funny. I get that he's a nice guy. I do not buy that he is fucking Shannon Sossaman and, and then fucking Kate Winslet. I'm sorry. No, I, I thought that, that he in this movie had a crush on. So when they're introduced, you can tell that Shannon Sossaman doesn't give a fuck about him. So I thought that maybe they were working together and he's carrying the torch for her and she just like being nice to him. But no, oh, like they are supposed to be actually in a relationship, which I was like, okay. And then he does kind of start flirting with Kate Winslet like immediately in and in front of Shannon Sossaman, which I was like, I, I didn't understand as well. Like, I, listen, I think that he has to do some of the most embarrassing things in this movie and is able to do them in a way that I can't, I don't even know who would be the 2020 version of Jack Black. I don't know if we have one. I don't think that we're that lucky right now. It would have like, been Chris Pratt if he stayed fat. Oh, yuck. Oh, yuck. Oh my God. Like I rather fuck <laughs> a fat Jack Black now with, with that beard than because <laughs> like I, like he he is like there is something about him. Like, no, I don't necessarily think he's fucking Shannon Sossaman, but there is something about him that like he's like a four that can like beg an eight. Like he does have so much charisma and like he is interesting looking. Like I would, you know, I'd fuck Jack Black. Like whatever, he's talented. But like that scene in the video store where he's like, before fucking he, whatever, you're talented. Listen, I have uh, fucked way less talented people. Yeah. So well, and also it seems like you'd have a good time. You know what I mean? Like it would be a good. Oh, experience. I'm sure he's fun. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, sex he seems last like a nice down guy. Down to like to 20 minutes, like but like a hangout like is a long time. So like yeah, I would rather hang out with him and then like throw 20 minutes away. Like I guess I buy the Kate Winslet thing because I think he's the kind of guy who would probably do better the older he gets as well. Like they're not disgusting looking, especially Jack Back. Like he's cute. Yeah, they make him very cool eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) No, look, Jack Black, he brings the most of himself to the movie where he you can tell he's like, Okay, how can I how can I make this better? That scene. Cameron Diaz is like very at home. She's like, All right, this is my wheelhouse kind of right now. She's too at home. I will I think it puts her on autopilot because Cameron Diaz. I know a lot of people don't like her. I actually think I she like can be her. really fucking good. Like I think she's great, and there's something about Mary. She's great in being John Malkovich, and she's I like her in Mass. Vanilla Sky. But she she's great Vanilla in my Sky? best friend's wedding. I love her yeah. in my best friend's wedding. She's what so is good her in that line movie. In Vanilla Sky, before she drives. Them oh, off when the you fuck somebody, your body makes a promise, even if you don't, and you're like, what? <laughs> no, she says something else. She no, she says she says I ate your cum. That should count for something. 
Yeah, she's so cool. <laughs> I, no, no, no. She. If I she got in the car really with a good. woman I fucked and she said I ate your cum, that should count for something. And started speeding. I'd be like, oh no. I'd be like, you're right. <laughs> Marry me. I'm gonna die. I've never thought about that before. I'm gonna spend my life with you. Listen, um, Thomas. She's really good gross. in the sweetest thing. <laughs> I think that she's yeah. a really great actress when she's cast in the right thing. I think that she's cast in the right thing here. I agree that I think that I believe her in Jude Law's love story a little more, but I think I only believe it because they're just both really, really attractive. Like, I don't want them to fuck that much at all. I like, don't care about anyone you, fucking in this movie. I think Jude Law yeah, also does like, the heavy lifting there. Yeah, it's not a very <laughs> sexy like, movie. <laughs> no, there's, there's no, not. It's very, really like, not chaste, sexy. It's a very chaste <laughs> romance in, in a strange way. It's like you don't you want I don't know if you're having a romantic comedy like you want there to be there really is no Especially, chemistry like yeah. this is like a vacation screw rom-com yeah. <laughs> the most important part is like the sex stuff like I really don't care about uh I don't know finding out about what his childhood was like I don't care <laughs> <laughs> or but his precocious children. Yeah, okay. I mean, so let's, let's talk about this. Jude Law's family because Jude Law's Please. character is written as he's a wet dream. He's not written like a, by a man. I will say that it's kind of like he is a manic <laughs> pixie man. Man, he yeah, because he's, yeah, he's like my life is pretty, complicated. Pretty yeah, when he says my life <laughs> yeah. is complicated, you keep thinking they're going to reveal that he's like sleeping with a bunch of other women or. <laughs> You see, so I didn't, didn't know think that he's married or something, right? Like that's yeah. the, the vibe yeah. that they give you. Yeah, because she shows up at his door and she's like, "Oh, you're with somebody," and he's like, "Yeah," and like you think it's about to be <laughs> that, but then a little girl comes out, and then she's like, "An adorable little girl." Well, these girls are so British that I thought they maybe weren't British. Like they're so British that I was like, they're either like dolls engineered in a British like precocious lab or something, or they're Americans doing a British accent because it's so over the top British. Well, it English people don't have sex so that's actually how all english children are born so <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're like first of all he opens the two door corgis love each other very oh, much they yeah, write these, a letter these two little porcelain dolls come out and like that they're adorable daddy who is that who is this lady <laughs> that was really new, good matt this our new mother like so <laughs> and he they go inside and he's like playing a game with them where like i don't know if they realize how oh my God. This is, but he puts a napkin on his head with glasses and i was like he looks like the zodiac killer like what's he going- looks like the bye-bye man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Yo, that- Mike, if I was a kid, I'd be like, take that shit off. <laughs> that scene is also weirdly long. I I wrote when it's I was so watching long. it and I was like, this is just not funny. Like, are, are we supposed to be charmed by it? It was really just like not. I don't That's know. Hang out with a kid for 20 side. minutes. You'll find something better. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, kids it don't was- want that. That was pretty weak yes, shit. Daddy, I was thinking. Yes, put the napkin on your head. <laughs> Do the napkin. That's again. like that's like poor depression era humor. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like really close to like you're right, the Charlie Chaplin fun yeah. dance in the yeah. report. It's yeah, like I a silent see. film joke or something. It's just yeah. it is. Dad, do you miss the napkin head? No. No, please, no, no, please do it, do it, no. please, please do it, do thank it. you, please. Oh, please, okay, I'll do it quickly. Oh, thank you for that. You're welcome, now do it. All right. Oh, Amanda, can I borrow your napkin, please? Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you pass me those glasses when I need them. Amanda, you're going to love this. You're going to have It's more. so funny. I mean, you're, you're full of your chair, it's so funny. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> but then, okay, but also, so we know that Cameron Diaz knows that like other people named Sophia and Olivia, those are his child, children's name, are like texting and calling him because like their names come up on the phone because he's like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, Sophia, I didn't mean to look. Olivia, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to look. Well, because um, he's talking to his children thing. like How they're adult women. How old are these kids and, and do fucking... they each have their own number? But like, do they <laughs> each have their own telephone that he can, like, he can be like, oh, oh, it's Olivia calling. Hello, Olivia, you're four. Like, yeah, it's 2006. No. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's not very a weird. fucking thing. Also, I'm They're sorry. Probably calling who's, from a home phone. Who is watching these children? His parents. But I do have that note too because it, oh, t- it took I a little too long. I think I missed that because that the whole movie I was like, "What's going on with these kids?" While he's going out drinking and fucking. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? Very, no, no, his parents. He like tucks them in. And it's like he's drugging them for the night or something. He's like knocking them out, and he's like, "Okay, daddy, we'll be back." And then he goes to the bar, to the pub, and he's just picking up women. <laughs> like it's actually the dog from trash. Peter Pan that watches them. <laughs> it's Nana. <laughs> good night well he lives in such a fairy tale life that would have worked honestly if he was like okay the dog will watch you <laughs> well also he's introduced by showing up at this cottage and he's like oh i gotta piss and he like okay. comes into the house and he basically announces as like the first things he basically tells cameron diaz is like i'm an alcoholic and i fuck a lot of women that's basically what he's telling her yeah and she's like oh perfect we should fuck then because I just need to fuck somebody to get over it, which is like, sure, okay, yeah, I get that. You're like, and oh, yeah, you seem like a fuckboy. Like, let's, yeah. Like, he's like free pizza. Like, like I'm sorry. Like, if Jude Law, like, he's very, like, not even in any way what I consider to be, like, my type. But he's just, like, so disarmingly pretty that you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to have sex? I will never yeah, call Jude you Yeah, Jude Law again. just showed up at your house at the Airbnb you were staying at. And you didn't know anyone in town. And he was drunk. He'd be like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll fuck yeah. this really hot guy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would fuck Jude Law, but. Really? Wow. No, I'm not. I don't think I'm straight enough for that. <laughs> I think he's mm. really, you know, and I, and I do love him as a scumbag. I do think that he actually is very charming in this. I think that his charm. Actually, really? I think his charm carries that plot far. I just feel like, like all the other characters, I just feel like it's very vacant. It just feels like nothing's there. He has good reactions. It was reactions hard for me to not moment. remember the nanny fuck the mm. entire time he's being sweet. It was really hard for me to forget about the nanny fuck. I do think that at the very end, when we get to see him post cry, I did get wet for that. I was like, oh, I do who love that another that thing I wanted that he to says fuck post cry so much. It's supposed to be a flaw. He's like, oh, I cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's not a flaw. He's like a wet dream. Like he cuz like oh yeah, because then she's like are you divorced and he's like widowed and it's like oh, geez, oh god. <laughs> what I'm else? What widow. else? What else? Are you the heir to the throne but you don't want anyone to know? This fucking guy. Yeah, he's like he thinks he's like oh my life is a mess and he's like this rich fucking like he's a book, book editor at, he's that a book barely editor. has to go to work. Yeah. He also he has a line where he's like, I tend to hurt women simply by being myself. Oh, yeah. Because um. himself wants to ghost them. <laughs> <laughs> what does that when women mean? women find out that my wife is dead. Did you kill and your I'm wife? I'm a book editor. That I'm just not very fuckable. <laughs> I would buy that he killed his wife. <laughs> just so he could get laid and use her yeah. as a sob story. Yeah. I have, these I have a lot of secrets. Yeah, he just seems like, oh, and and that guy absolutely would be dying to be like, I have two daughters, you know. Yeah, like I don't, don't buy that. He's like, my life is complicated. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Please don't look yeah. in the basement. 
Whatever. I mean, <laughs> I do kind of like this movie in the sense that like it's it's only like 14 years old, but it's such a little time capsule because it predates Airbnb and it predates like well, first of all, and it also believes that like movies are so, like so big that someone can become super rich by cutting trailers. And then it also um wait, I had one more. <laughs> now I forget. Fuck me. <laughs> well, it's a very 2006 time capsule, and I'm trying to think of what the most 2006 Oh, Instagram. Part. Like, now you would, like, stalk him on Instagram and find his kids that way, probably, mm. I'm guessing. Right. Yeah, also, I really like that they didn't, they seem to not tell anybody in their lives where they were going, because everybody's like, wait, where are you? Oh, my God, you're in L.A.? I know. Oh, my God, you're in London? They're like, no one knows how to find them <laughs> I was like, did you well, not tell anyone where you were going? Yeah, because I think a lot of times romantic comedies have like the auxiliary best friend character, oftentimes played by like Joan Cusack. And sometimes I feel like she's superfluous because I'm like, you should you should just know your hero enough. And that's why I really like a movie like Palm Springs that seems to sort of like detest everyone besides the two that are in the movie. And I like that about it. Yeah. But this one, like them not having any kind of like friendships just made them seem crazy and pathetic to the point that I'm like, yeah, I kind of do believe that Iris would just hang out with this old dude because her life just seems so shitty. She lives like an hour outside of London where she works in like a cottage, (laughs) like truly like a storybook cottage. Which I looked up and apparently that cottage actually is comparable in price to the mansion that Cameron Diaz lives in. Incredible. You're kidding. It's actually not that much less. Kate Winslet, is like the saddest character in the world. She, she's so sad. In fact, that she is introduced being told um, that she has to write about her ex lover's <laughs> marriage, which is weird to be like, you're going to write about this. And then every line that she has pretty much is like, I hate my life. And then she tries to kill herself by turning the gas on the stove. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah, and, and Cameron Diaz has no friends except for Catherine Hahn and John Krasinski who pop up for five minutes. Oh, I forgot minutes. about cra- the, those two for, yeah, yeah. you're right, so I was like, quick. that's Catherine Hahn. Um, He's wearing did- a John Kerry shirt, which I thought was extremely funny. Very, <laughs> another 2006 moment. Well, a John Kerry shirt, and then, I mean, also the music. As soon as Jet's uh, Are You Gonna Be My Girl came on, I was like, oh, oh yeah. Like my brain started really haywiring. <laughs> That's like, so good. <laughs> I mean, I kind of did like the trailer that we see that she's cutting, starring James Franco and Lindsay Lohan. Like, I, I kind of want to see that movie. I think that was like one of the most endearing touches to the movie. James Franco's um, like, the MVP of this movie. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan looked great too in that trailer. I was like, oh, Lindsay, I wish, yeah, I hope you're doing okay. I don't think you are. But well, I was that's like, her right before things get bad, and that's James Franco right it before is. things get good. I would see that. Uh, and so, like, that is pretty early on in the movie. It's before they do the apartment switch. So it really had me like buckled in to enjoy it. I was like, oh, that was that was a cute touch. And I I, I really do like everyone in this cast like i seek them you know what i probably seek out kate winslet the least just because she's in so much like prestige shit and i probably seek out like cameron diaz the most i like her why does cameron diaz bring a stack of books on her first class flight i mean she's got like 20 books stacked up and then she gets to the cottage and she has like 25 books and she's like i'm bored i was like fuck read one of your books what are you doing you brought 20 books with you everyone in this movie is reading the corrections too another 2006 that is a touch that didn't doesn't bother me because i think that like some people that don't read very often decide that they need to read like this list like this this winner and this list and then it hinders them from like finding what they really like because they're forcing themselves to read and i kind of liked that about i could i believe that for her character and then she like 
ambitiously packed. I think it's weird that I she guess, stacked them all on the plane. That's that the weird yeah. part. Yeah, it was like to show them off to be like, I'm a yeah. reader. <laughs> I'm reading yeah. atonement. She and it's also somebody that obviously doesn't read because they're like, Well, I'm gonna be gone for two weeks, so what's that, like twenty books? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just no sense of time. <laughs> I'm going to read a lot of books while I'm in this cottage. Yeah. In this shithole London town that's like just very beautiful and sweet. Also, not only do they trade apartments, like Cameron Diaz is supposed to watch Kate Winslet's dog. Yes. I have a note about that. I was like, wait a second. No. The dog is forgotten about. And then Kate, and then Cameron Diaz wants to come home immediately. It's like, is the dog just going to die yeah, like he's gonna take care of this dog but there's a scene where she's interacting with the dog that my note is like is she flirting with this dog right now it is it made me feel so unwell do you know what i'm talking about yeah i wrote down that she doesn't know how to behave around a dog she kind it's like she's flirting with it or she's talking to a child she's not really quite sure what she's doing with this dog and mm. this dog has also been like abandoned for quite some time because the amount of time that it would take you to get You're to the right. airport and then fly across the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> to Los Angeles and then you didn't tell your own family that so that nobody came to check on the dog so that dog has just been like it's not like Jude Law's taking house. care of it because he doesn't even have a key yeah. to the house so. no yeah, <laughs> yeah that part that cottage smells like shit she should have <laughs> as arrived. a dog owner it was very alarming <laughs> did you notice that when they're look when Cameron Diaz is looking for a place to stay at one point she says wherever they speak English? Yes. <laughs> and then she was like, got it, England. England, yeah. She was wherever they speak English, boom, and lands Is on this England. character dumb? Yeah. She yeah, also I, has more DVDs than you do, Max, so. She has a fuckload of DVDs. Do you know what DVD <laughs> Kate Winslet picks out to watch, though? Shit. You I'm a loser because I knew it by the back of the cover. It's Punch Drunk Love. Oh, I did. I did see that. Yeah, I said, <laughs> she's putting on Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> Because here's, I think, the main problem of the movie is I think that the B plot should be the A plot. Like, I think that even though they don't have the best chemistry, that the friendship between Iris and Jack Black's character is more interesting and the playground of, like, L.A. and that house is funner. And it's just, like, watching two super hot people fuck each other, like, was actually pretty boring for me on the Cameron Diaz Jewel. I think and that's what makes me not care wish- as much about them fucking is I was like, yeah, I mean... It's like, yeah, I picture I'll find yeah. someone else to fuck today. I don't know. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, who cares? Well, it all just happens so easily. There really is no like chase to it. It's just like this guy just shows up and they fuck and, you know. They go to brunch and then they snowball fight in a really embarrassing scene. Like, I was embarrassed in that scene. And then he really quickly within two weeks and like whatever, he's like, I love you. He's a really, he's a really pretty crier. I'm sure when he was apologizing to Sienna Miller, it was really difficult <laughs> to be mad at him. Um, I feel he is a, <laughs> Yeah, he was saying that his wife is crier. dead. <laughs> to his own wife. Do you know who you're talking? I don't know. Sienna Miller and him were never married. He broke up with. Sadie Frost, they get divorced. He dates Sienna Miller. So he has kids with Sadie Frost and he fucks their nanny. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, the timeline think, of that. When did he... But I think the lack of conflict is now that I'm talking about it, I think that's part of why I don't care too much about these relationships yeah. is because there really is no like fight for them. There is no yeah. obstacle really Even besides the distance. The distance doesn't feel... Yeah, yeah but it's like two They're wealthy. These- yeah, exactly. It was like, but these You're people, be fine. at least two of them are rich. <laughs> yeah. So I don't yeah. really feel that 
yeah, I don't really fucking care. I, I think that I, that could be interesting though, like a interesting conflict because it's like, okay, you meet this person on vacation and it really isn't feasible. Like that would be pretty painful. Yeah. It just feels like a movie you would just like casually drop in to see during the holidays with your family when something else is sold out. And yeah. It's like, well, that happened. The only time that I really felt like I was rooting for someone was when Kate Winslet's shitty ex-boyfriend comes to visit her in LA because he's confusing and a piece of shit and like that was the only time that i was just like rooting for her not to fuck him one more time i was like god i hope she doesn't that i found believable is that like both her and jack black are in like toxic relationships with people that will never like them enough and yeah that 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 made me wish that they were the a plot like that's when i think i took that note i was like oh i kind of like this like this is a movie to me it's like two people that like in high fidelity you know how like he has that one girl that they were both like the sad sacks and then they found each other. And I was like, I think that is fun. So the way that Jack Black finds out that Shannon Sossaman, his girlfriend, is is cheating on him, they're at Blockbuster and he looks out the window and just sees her casually walking by with another guy and she's supposed to be in Santa Fe. And he's like, she even sent me like a photo of the snow. Oh, yeah. Or she was like, oh, I'm looking at snow and was like lying about that. I was like, that's a crazy thing. Like, I just... Like, I know we're all like, we all go back to people that are shitty for us or whatever. But like to that quickly get a phone call from her, like being like, I want to like talk or whatever. I would be like, that's a crazy thing you just did. You just lied to me <laughs> about being in Santa Fe looking at But snow. it is Shannon Sossaman. Like they have to make her like not only hot, but like Shannon Sossaman right, hot. But she's not like, even a character. She's just Shannon Sossaman. No, she's just horrible. Yeah, she's like a horrible woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is the most 2006 thing about this movie? I think the I music have- is... <laughs> Yeah, so you oh, have yeah. you have Jet, and then you have Fru Fru, which I was like, I didn't know that anyone could use Fru Fru after Garden State, but apparently they thought they exactly. Could. I was like, that was just a choice. That was that a was, big choice. <laughs> yeah, that's like using yeah, it's like using Hurdy Gurdy Man after Zodiac. It's just like you can't really do it. I mean, I know Zodiac's a better movie than Garden State, but it's just like when you so closely identify a song Associate. with a movie, yeah, you're like, I'm not gonna not think of Garden State right now. Like, I'll never hear that Fru Fru song and not think of Garden mm-hmm. State. And then the killers part, which hey, look that the album. Killer. Listen, that held up the most out of any of those three songs. It did. But, oh, Jack Black's fedora. Oh. And then he uh, makes that poor old yeah. man wear a fedora too. <laughs> I know, and he seems to look like he knows that it sucks. Yeah, yeah. Jack Black I sells mean, some so weird shit. What does he say when I he goes into the house? Kate Winslet's the... clothes. Yeah, this movie's pretty nuts. It's not nuts. It's just. It's not it's, nuts. It's, it's just weird. Close. It's like, it's like you're on like the, the, it's a small world ride through these people's romances. And I am fine with that. Like, I don't think this is good. I think that like, but it's not insidious the way that like some of the better ones are like Bride Wars is a like ensemble movie that I think is like pretty mean. That's like so captivating. This movie doesn't really know how to do that because it wants to be so nice and generous to everyone to the point where there's no stakes. There's these moments that you should just like feel a swelling that I even feel that swell sometimes in shitty shows like Bones or, you know, mostly Bones. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I watch Bones when I... Bones. Listen, I love Bones. That's my my PMS. That's my PMS show. I can watch like endlessly and and like, yeah, like there there are like moments where I'm like, ah, I get it. And like, I, I can like tear up and I can like let go a little bit. Like that never happened for me here. But I, but like, I, I still feel like I'm using kids gloves on it. Cause I'm like, eh, but I kind of liked it. I do want to quickly mention okay. though, the 
that Jack Black pulls up to Cameron Diaz's house with the sundown, blasting Ennio Morricone. Yeah. It's like, you're a loser. (laughs) 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 That's lame. (laughs) That's not good. Anytime I ever pick you up now, that is what I'm doing. I was like, yeah, no wonder Shans Osman cheated on you. This guy's driving around LA with a top down, blasting the soundtrack for the mission. Like, buddy. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's weird. She's probably just like (laughs) tweeting like about her shitty boyfriend. She's becoming famous on Twitter. Just being like, can We're you listening to Ennio Morricone again. <laughs> <laughs> this guy puts on this guy puts on Hans Zimmer when he's fucking her. <laughs> oh God, don't. Why am I attracted to a person I know isn't good? I happen to know the answer to this because you're hoping you're wrong, and every time she does something that tells you she's no good, you ignore it, and every time she comes through and surprises you, she wins you over, and you lose that argument with yourself that she's not for you. Exactly. And on top of that, there's the old standby. I can't believe a girl like that would actually be with a guy like me. You know what she said to me tonight? She said she finished in Santa Fe after two days and has been staying with whatever his name was, which means she's been right here in town. Which means when I spoke to her this morning on her cell and she said, I'm looking out my window and it's snowing. She was in Santa Monica. (sighs) What did she do, go to weather.com? That must've made them both scream with laughter. And in the meantime, I sent her Christmas gift to Santa Fe yesterday. I stood in line at FedEx to make sure she got it on time. So yeah, this movie is a 50%, but an 80% audience score. Scott Tobias of the AV Club said, even with a wild card like Jack Black desperately retooling his lines, there's nothing authentic or personal about the holiday. It's as chilling as heartwarmers get. This is really mean. A lot of the reviews are so mean to Cameron Diaz. Like, they single her out. Wow, really? They really go out of their way. This one is really mean. It's very simple, too. It's Stanley Kaufman at the New Republic said, Winslet is an actress, Diaz is not. Oh, that's that's not even, that's not true at all. You haven't seen The Counselor. You haven't seen her fuck a car yet. <laughs> She's not good in that movie, but I give her props for fucking a car on camera. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Lou Lemenick of the New York Post said, complaining about the gooey and generic the holiday is as useless as railing against fruitcake. This is a slick throwaway chick flick desi- uh, designed to provide nothing more than mindless diversion between bouts of shopping. Wow, that shopping hates women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's a lot of chick flick reviews in here. I'm getting, I'm building up to the best one. Don't okay. Worry. Dana Stevens of Slant, Slate Magazine said it's far less sickly. Oh yeah, this is a good one because it ties in. I like Dana Stevens. Yeah, this this one this is a good tie-in review. She said it's far less sickly than plenty of Yuletide offerings. Last year's The Family Stone being one shutter-worthy example. Wow, she was holding on to The Family Stone for a full year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Manola Dargis of the New York Times said, Miss Myers, whose ambitions are telegraphed by her film's title, which directly invokes George Cukor's lovely 1938 romp holiday, has created a cumbersome vehicle by saddling Iris with a flamboyantly glamorous Los Angeles double, Amanda. It's played by Cameron Diaz with oodles of charm and not an ounce of persuasion. Amanda doesn't as much mirror Iris's love troubles as throw them into wincing relief. Anthony Quinn of The Independent said, You begin to suspect that Myers isn't actually a movie director at all, but a features coordinator at World of Interiors. I mean... (laughs) It's got a point. <laughs> Lindy West of The Stranger said, Each scene in the holiday is more annoying yeah. than the last. <laughs> and finally, the best one of them all, Edward Douglas of ComingSoon.net said, Might be considered a decent date movie, but only if guys were allowed to leave their testicles at home. Oh my God. Tight. What a pimp. <laughs> See, that's why I can't go hard on this movie, because I'm like, 
Uh, you know that Edward Douglas is at home. Just yeah. This movie put my balls on a vice. Yeah, it's like fuck <laughs> you. Come on. Does anyone know how much this movie cost to make? Thirty million. Uh, eighty-five million. Cool. Sony spent eighty-five million dollars to make this movie. Um, it only made sixty-three million in the United States, but it made one hundred and forty-two million worldwide. Yeah, audiences gave this movie an A minus cinema score. They loved it. People really loved this movie when it came out. Like, I'm surprised. <laughs> the film was written specifically with Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, and Jack Black in mind. Their wish wow. came true. had the- That's what happens when you have eighty-five million dollars. You're like, I want these people. Yeah. And they're like, you're gonna pay me that okay. much? All right, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> A few months after the movie came out, the popularity of house swapping was on the rise. So much so, in fact, that police in England had to issue a warning against swapping homes with strangers due to identity fraud and murder. <laughs> Wow. Somebody got murdered? People died because of this movie. (laughs) I wish that there was a murder plot in this movie. I think I might have enjoyed it more. That's the holiday, too, is the murders that this movie inspired worldwide. (laughs) These idiots will just switch homes with me. They're not even telling anybody where they're going. This is perfect. I know. (laughs) And finally, Dustin Hoffman said that his cameo in the film was unplanned and not scripted. He was driving by Blockbuster Video and saw all the cameras and equipment, so he decided to stop in and see what was happening. Because no. he, knew, he knew Nancy Myers, they worked up the scene, and ultimately it made the final cut. <laughs> no amazing. fucking way. That Dustin makes Hoffman. me like him a lot. Dustin Hoffman was driving by Blockbuster and was like, I'm going to go be in that movie. <laughs> yeah. That is so tight. It was so confusing. I was like, who? Who? Why? Who's the MVP of the holiday? Jack Black? Jack yeah, I'm going to go Jack Black because... I already care about him, so he gave me a little something to root for. I'm going yeah. Jude Law. Having, wow. Oh, okay. Wow. I think I Jude Law. Gonna... I think Jude Law single-handedly carries a lot of this movie. Actually, I think I was surprised how effortlessly. Uh, Even with those bacon eyes. Good. I I didn't feel his scumminess in this movie. I gotta say, and I usually do. I'm, I I'm really perceptive of. And his I, scumminess. but I did, and I like it. Uh, <laughs> but I still like I still like Jack Black. Like I I know that Jack Black can do that, and I know that Jack Black can be like Jack Black is Jack Black in this movie, and he does that great. I think that Jude Law, I think he's in the pocket of the movie. He knows what it is, but he's still giving a good performance. I think he's he's selling the mm-hmm. absurdly unrealistic character that he is asked to play. Um, I just okay. I was very I was very charmed by Jude Law. I got to say I was very taken aback by yeah, him. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, I was wondering. Well, I I I don't like him and I don't trust him. So <laughs> <laughs> Listen. So I, I'm not saying I trust him. But I may have trusted him. For he, a few his sister there. won't even trust him with her dog. So what's yeah, that about? Yeah. Final rating. I'm, I'm going to go train wreck. I think this wreck. is also kind of a train wreck, but just a slow train wreck. <laughs> you think it's bad and boring. I think it's bad and boring. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I had a hard time investing in these characters unfortunately even though the cast is really good and it's not like they did a bad job but so likeable just... no it's a it's, it's, so, and they are likable but i just didn't i didn't care that was a problem yeah both of these movies are weird where i'm like i don't want to like just straight up be like oh this is just the bottom of the barrel bullshit it's just kind of like mm-hmm. they this movie more it, it, i think both of them the thing that's there's something just really off about both like family stone you're like oh this should be like a kind of breezy charming wacky family comedy that kind of like sneaks up on you with its drama but it's just so schizophrenic yeah. and like weird and then this one it was like oh this should have just been a home run for the kind of movie you wanted it to be like you got all the yeah like all the players are there all the pieces are lined up for you and then somehow it just doesn't ever Dead. really 
Yeah, I don't know. Weird, weird movies. But if you, the listeners, want to forget about the hellmouth that we currently live on and zap back to 2005 and six, where boot cut jeans ran wild and watch either one of these movies that we covered today, The Holiday is available for rent, like where you would expect streaming sites. And The Family Stone is hanging out on HBO Max. And if you'd like to keep up with us, your beloved hosts, and watch along with us next week, we're going to be watching mm. the 2006 remake of Black Christmas. Yeah, be careful. Be careful. There's a few remakes of it. Or you could watch all three of them. There's the original. I'm trying to. Yeah, the original streaming, uh, the 2006 remake of uh, Black Christmas. That was the one we will be talking about, not the recent Yas Queen version of it. And you can rent it on... Uh, no, Black Christmas is on HBO Max. Or no, no, no. That's the 2000... No, that's the 2000... God, see, I'm confused. I'm confused. Yeah, There's you're many... fucking people up. Ah, damn it. Um, the you're 2006 so remake. <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can rent it on iTunes or, you know, just you know, torrent it or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, and Silent Night Dead. And we're going to be talking about Silent Night Deadly Night. An mm. 80s grindhouse classic. And we'll be joined once again by Jordaine Searles. She'll be back to oh, yeah. talk about uh, these horror holiday classics or not classics. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. People know what they are. Black Christmas is another very 2006 movie. Nice little time capsule. Yeah. A movie, a sure time is. when Michelle Trachtenberg could be one of your main leads. and Had a career. Yeah. Casey, thank you for, for sharing your family's holiday tradition with us. We felt like we were yeah, a part of the you. family. and Thank you so much. I'm... Yeah, come back for something less wholesome. Yeah. All right, we will do. Something disgusting. Love talking about my weird family. Just only they come on when there's another weird movie that your family likes to watch, like Ritualist. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mean rule. Um, but again, to the audience, thank you so much for following every fucking thing we do on Instagram, Spotify, and Overcast. And for rating and reviewing us on iTunes, we appreciate it in advance. Thank you. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> yeah, We're, we are your weird Uber driver who just says nothing the entire ride and then turns to you as you get out and say five stars. Five stars. Please. <laughs> five stars. You're welcome. The car is still creeping forward. We haven't fully stopped. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Yeah, happy holidays. <laughs>